What's happening, guys? Welcome back to 10 Minutes of Magic here on Anchor. It's Monday. It's a check-in. It's the Monday Magic Minutes. And, guys, here on Anchor on 10 Minutes of Magic, we chat Magic the Gathering here every single day, the same as every other day. We bring you the best and the brightest from the Magic the Gathering world. I'm your host, Ben Bateman. I'm coming to you live right now from Manomet. It's a holiday week. I'm out here near uh, near Plymouth in Massachusetts with my girlfriend and her family. If you hear fireworks in the background, it is because it's the 3rd of July and there have been fireworks going off all day long all over the place. It's a little bit of an awkward week in terms of starting with the things we normally talk about because with traveling and a holiday weekend leading into a Tuesday holiday, I think a lot of people are fairly tuned out to what's going on. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some spoiler stuff. Uh, I believe the full spoiler for Hour of Devastation is now out. If it's not out, it's getting close to it. And they have premiered a lot of very cool cards. Today I want to talk about a particular cycle, and I want to focus on this cycle because they're all very interesting cards to me. And this is a cycle of cards uh, that are in reference to the gods that we got in Amonkhet and their death in the story. It, it looks as though the gods are all going to be killed by Bolas. And th- there is a card that references the death of each god. And the effect they've used to show us what happens after the god is dead is that your lands don't untap during your next untap step if you cast the spell. There's one for each color. Bantu's Last Reckoning, uh, Ronus's Last Stand, so on and so forth. And, you know, they all are very much within their color. So I think we should probably just do them one at a time because I do think the effect of your lands not untapping during your next untap step it's a particularly interesting effect. It's something we've seen only a few times in Magic's design. There haven't been a tremendous number of cards that have done it. Savor the Moment being the most notable example of one that they really tried to push. And that was Blue Blue 1 for a sorcery from, I believe, Shadowmoor that stated, take an extra turn after this one, skip your next untap step. A little different because this these cards make it just so that your lands don't untap your next untap step. So if you're playing in a deck that has some kind of uh, like artifact ramp or anything like that, you know creatures that ramp, uh, you can still actually get lands. But the fact that you skip your entire untap step uh, in the extra turn with save of the moment means you couldn't use it as effectively like swing again with all of my creatures. That card always was right on the fringe of, fringe of being any good. Uh, but this new cycle is very interesting, so I'm going to go through them one at a time, starting coming up right after this with with uh, Ronus's Last Stand. So guys, let's chat Ronus's Last Stand. The card itself is green-green for a sorcery that states, put a 5-4 green snake creature token onto the battlefield. Lands you control don't untap during your next untap step. I have to say, this is a pretty aggressive rate. Um, the first thing I notice is that the token is not legendary. So, feels like in years past, Magic would have done something where they would have made a 5-4 creature for 2 mana that you could play off a spell, so in theory, you could recur with Snapcaster Mage. They would have made it like, and it's not in flavor, obviously, but like, they would have made this a Ronus token, you know, the Spirit of Ronus or something like that, and they didn't. Um, a 5-4 for 2 mana is very aggressive. So for standard... Who knows the decks that will be played in standard once, you know, these are legal. Obviously, like, I'm not a standard guru. I'm much more of a modern guy. Um, but it does strike me as a pretty strong rate. Also, like I said, being able to Snapcaster this seems pretty good. Also, the fact that it's two mana, not untapping your lands early in the game. You know, if you get a 5-4 on turn two after stripping someone's hand on turn one, you can set yourself up for just, like, the win. Like, it's very good, especially considering on turn three, you will be able to play a land. So cards like Spell Pierce, cards like Daze, um, 
yeah, I mean, this just seems powerful to me. This seems very good. This seems like an aggressive rate with definitely a drawback, but it's not like a drawback in the way that, like, you know, Treacherous Pit Dweller or, like, Hunted Horror or, like, some of the other, like, really aggressive two-mana creatures that I can think of that I've tried playing have had those drawbacks. It's a 5-4 for two. You don't untap your lands. You can still play a land the next turn, and you still untap your creatures late in the game. So, late, like, late in the game, just drawing a 5-4 for two mana pretty damn good this is like not that much worse i mean it's ridiculous this is worse than a tarmogoyf but it definitely is going to have its applications i'm excited about this card i think this card's rate is very strong and i definitely think in decks where you can utilize uh the graveyard and recasting spells i think you're going to see a lot of value out of this card i would be shocked if this doesn't make an impact in multiple formats Um, this is probably one of my favorite cards from the new set that i have seen let's move on to the rest of them now and we continue chatting MTG, specifically Amonkhet spoilers, here on the only station on Anchor, talking to you every single day about MTG. Ten minutes of magic. Let's talk Bantu's Last Reckoning. The cycle of five. I find the cycle very intriguing. Um, obviously, the cycle will appeal to different people for different formats and different reasons. Bantu's Last Reckoning is a card I've already reviewed on this station. I did it probably a month ago or three weeks ago when it was first spoiled. This was one of the early leaks. This card's very interesting. Black, black, one, sorcery, destroy all creatures. Uh, those creatures don't untap during your next, or, or uh, don't untap your lands during your next untap step. The same clause on all of these cards. This is very good. Uh, this card definitely is going to have a place in multiple formats. I would say probably of all, of all of these cards in this cycle, the one that most obviously fits into a format is this card. This card will get played in Grixis decks, it'll get played in Modern because Ultimately, the drawback sucks, but it's a three-mana Wrath, which means, like, later in a game, if you're just, like, hitting your land drops, hitting your land drops, hitting your land drops, the ability to play this for three-mana versus playing, say, like, a Damnation for four-mana is very significant. The, the, the difference between three and four-mana in Modern is everything. So I think this card will definitely see play. I think in Standard, this will be an all-star. Um, again, the cheaper the spell the lower the drawback really is as far as the untap step. So not untapping three lands is like, it's just not that big of a deal. Especially, I think, in the kind of deck that's going to want to play this card. So this card's definitely on my radar as the strongest of the cycle. The green one's my favorite. Let's continue chatting about the rest of them. We're going to get into the white one, Kefdeth spell, in just a minute. What's up, guys? We are going to chat Oketra's Last Mercy right now. This is the white spell in the same cycle of the Death of the Gods cycle. Oketra's Last Mercy, very interesting. I'm going to get card, uh, white, white, one for a sorcery. Your life total becomes equal to your starting life total. Lands you control don't untap during your next untap step. I do apologize for the sound effects in the background here, guys. I am down here on the beach, uh, nearby the beach for a 4th of July, 3rd of July celebration. So that's what's going on. But as far as these cards go, so this is a pretty interesting effect, isn't it? For three mana, you can go back to 20 life. Which means if you're playing this in a situation that you're trying to catch up against a deck like Burn, or you're trying to catch up against the deck like Affinity that's doing a tremendous amount of damage early, and you play this on turn three or on turn four when you're down at eight life or six life or something like that, and you go to 20, and you take a turn off, but on that turn you presumably do play a land, you probably have a you know something you can do with it. Also, this doesn't specify gaining life. It's a very, very, very important distinction to make with this card. Um, 
because Skullcrack and other things of that nature can't affect this card. This card allows you to go back to 20 life without actually ever gaining life. Uh, and definitely as a catch-up card, as a sideboard card against aggressive decks, this definitely feels like a card to pay attention to. Um, maybe the rate's bad. I was thinking about what's the best, you know, most commonly played gain life spell against those decks that Modern has seen. And I think Feed the Clan is probably the one that comes to mind. One green, one colorless, gain five life, ferocious, gain ten life. You know, two mana gain ten this is not too far off 2 mana gain 10. This is probably more like 3 mana gain 14 most of the time when you're playing it. But even so, the fact that they can skull crack you in response to a Feed the Clan and just completely screw the plan up or, or a Tarka's Command you, this card they can't do that. This card you just go back to 20 straight up. Um, or, or, in Commander, you go back to 40. This card brings you back to 40 life. You can go from like 9 to 40 for 3 mana. This card's good. I think this card, again, this card definitely has a place. This whole cycle, I'm very excited about it. I think they've, they're all very powerful. So anyway, guys, that's my opinion on this one. Thanks for listening. It's 10 minutes of magic here on Anchor. All right, guys, let's chat a little bit of Kefnet's last word. So Kefnet, guys, it's the blue god, uh, strong god, the real god. The, the last word spell is interesting. It's blue, blue, two for a sorcery. Gain control of target artifact, creature, or enchantment. Lands you control don't untap during your next untap step. So let's point out the obvious fact here. This is not an until end of turn or until you don't control something effect. This is not an effect that we see too often. Um, it's not an aura where if you destroy the aura, the creature or the permanent goes back to its owner. This is a permanent gain control of spell. For four mana, you're able to permanently control magic a creature, permanently uh, persuasion or whatever the heck that card was called that just steals a permanent, um, or permanently... I can't think of it as a steel artifact thing. There's a card that I can't think of what it's called. Anyway, guys, uh, but that's the obvious thing here. Now, four mana, a lot less competitive in the higher-end formats. I do like the idea of four mana steal your worm coil engine or, like, four mana steal your really good thing, uh, your combo piece. You know, it is permanent, which is nice, but not untapping four lands for a one-for-one -one effect is kind of a rough go. You can't steal a land with this, so it gets a little bit lower on my list of how good it can be. I think if you could steal a land with this card, the versatility would really start to go through the roof, because that would mean that you could turn two ramp into a turn three steal your land type of deal. And if your ramp card happened to be an artifact, um, I think you mitigate a lot of the loss you would take off of it. Uh, you can still do that same thing where you ramp on turn two and on turn three you're stealing a creature and you mitigate your loss the next turn by untapping you know, your three lands, your artifact ramp, and playing your fourth land so you can still play a two drop. But I don't think that there's going to be... Like, I would guess that probably this card has a place in Commander, I would think. But I also think that... If you're looking at Commander and stealing a creature, there's a lot of very powerful effects that already do that, and that not untapping your lands to be able to do this for four mana, eh, just doesn't blow my mind. It's You can't steal a Planeswalker, it's kind of on the fringes for me, so this card doesn't blow me away. It is good, but it doesn't blow me away. Hey Ben, you were making reference to uh, the uh, the God's Death cards. Um, something to make note of, and I don't know whether this is actually going to be the case or not, but uh, Hazrat. Uh, the Red God, uh, you'll actually notice in that cycle of cards, uh, hers is referred to as uh, Hazrat's Undying Fury. So there's a good possibility that Hazrat is not actually going to die in the story, that all of the other gods will. Um, but we will just have to wait and see on that one. But just a piece of
piece of information that I had noticed on there that I thought might be interesting. Alright guys, you just heard Jeff Roberts giving a little tidbit of information about Hazaret's Undying Fury, the fifth card in the cycle we're talking about here, the, uh, the sort of death of the gods sorcery cycle, in which the drawback to signify that death is your lands not untapping during your next untap step. If you hear any loud noises in the background, I'm here by the water out in uh, Manomet near Plymouth in Massachusetts, so it's 3rd of July, you may just hear some loud noises in the background. I promise you, it's not a war zone, I'm just on vacation. Um, so, you make an interesting point here, Jeff. It definitely does suggest that Undying Fury uh, would mean either lives on in spirit or continues to live on, you know, in vengeance. Um, I don't know. I don't follow the story super closely, so you have a strong point. The card, for those wondering, is Red Red 4 for a sorcery. Shuffle your library, reveal the top four cards. You may cast any number of non-land cards from among them. Convert it to mana cost five or less without paying their mana cost. So, let's think about this as a little bit of a super collected company. Um, for six mana, you're going to be able to shuffle your library, hopefully hit on 50% of the cards, and your deck, in theory, is stacked with very, very high converted mana cost cards where you're getting probably a two, two cards between three and five mana here, uh, at least two. I think the goal would be to turn your six here probably into ten mana, right? Maybe you get uh, a, a three, a three, and a four, or you get two fives or something like that. Obviously, the maximum is getting 20 mana, 20 the power of 20 CMC for, for six. Um, but I think probably more more often than not, to build your deck on curve, you're going to end up you know paying six mana to get you know eight or nine in value in terms of CMC. Uh, it's a good card. It's definitely the card that has the swingiest impact. Like this card could be a complete haymaker game ender. There's no way to set your deck to make this work unless you play something like uh, whatever that selective memory or whatever the one I think that's what that card's called where you can search your library and exile any number of land cards um, that's the only thing I could think of it would be able to like set this card up but that just seems bad um, the same I guess the other one would be endless horizons could do something similar if you were playing this in a white red deck but either way guys definitely this cards on my radar is a powerful card it's not a card that I'm gonna build around I don't like the randomness of it it doesn't seem controllable but uh, definitely something to pay attention to so thanks for that call in Jeff I appreciate it and guys I hope you enjoyed this quick little review of the last stand uh, death of a god cycle uh, I'm definitely excited about some of these cards they're very much on my radar so call in with your thoughts if you have a favorite if you think that I'm severely under valuing one of them if i'm missing an interaction let me know guys what's your favorite last stand card um yeah well no call in favorite station if you like what you're hearing and of course as always thanks for listening to 10 minutes of magic here on anchor be sure to find my modern podcast the masters of modern uncollected.company with alex kessler every single week have a great holiday guys